Hello, thank you for joining us today. We invite you to connect with us on all our social media outlets. Now, let's go to the message. Hebrews chapter 2, verse 3. How shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation, which at the first began to be spoken by the Lord and was confirmed unto us by them that heard him? God also bearing them witness both with signs and wonders and with diverse miracles and gifts of the Holy Ghost according to his own will. You may be seated. Let's break this verse down a little bit. God's talking about salvation. The most important thing in the world is your salvation, where you're going to spend eternity. It's more important than you having a 100% healthy body. It's more important than you having a larger bank account. It's more important than you having a great marriage. The most important thing is you're saved because eternity is a long, long while. Just by longevity, salvation is the most important thing. And so that's what he's talking about, neglecting so great salvation. But he said the Lord confirmed salvation by divers miracles and signs and wonders and gifts of the Holy Ghost. God wants to do miracles in your life because he loves you. He wants to perform miracles in your life the same reason that he saved you, because you are in the hollow of his hand, because you are the apple of his eye. You are significant because God knew you before you were in your mother's womb. God wants to do miracles for that purpose. But the number one purpose that God wants to do miracles is to confirm salvation, to confirm the power and the gospel, the power of the gospel, and what Jesus Christ came to do. And so we have to understand that God is eager to do miracles, not just for you because of his love, but every one of you have a sphere of influence that nobody else has. You know people that I will never know and never meet, and you are the only Bible they will ever read. You're the only epistle they will ever know. The Bible said epistle seen and read of all men. You're the only revelation of God that will ever come to those people. And if you as a professing Christian do not manifest the gifts of the Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit, and miracles in your life, then the witness that they have is going to be an inferior and there's a good chance that salvation will be neglected in their life. They'll never be saved. You know, we can take the Scripture, and from my background, they did that a lot. They argued Scripture. I've never seen people come to Christ because somebody was mad and arguing Scriptures. It just doesn't happen. People come to Jesus Christ because there is a witness. There's a witness. If you buy products on television, it's because somebody gives a testimony. And their testimony is that they used to have your problem, and now they no longer have it because they bought this product. That's the way people buy a product. The Bible said, buy the truth and sell it not. The greatest thing we can do to witness to people is to show them transformation in our lives. 
This is the way we used to be. This is the problem we used to have. And this is the way we are now. God has made a difference. How many people could say that? God's made a difference in my life. How many people could raise your hand and say, beyond a shadow of a doubt, I've had a genuine, authentic miracle in my life? How many can raise your hand and say, I've had many miracles in my life? I've had many, many miracles in my life. There's a story in the Bible that I would like to step start with, and it's the deaf man that was healed in Mark chapter 7, verse 31. The Bible said that this deaf man was brought under the brought unto Jesus because he was deaf and he had an impediment in his speech. And it said, and they bring him one that was deaf, and they beseech him to put his hand upon him. That is a unique miracle because there is no evidence of the participation of the one that got the miracle. Other people brought him. He had some amazing friends, and his friends were believers. In that one verse, it defines the purpose of the church. We are to bring people to Christ that have problems. They did that. And the second thing, then they interceded to Jesus Christ that he would touch them, that he, that he would touch him. And Jesus did that. That's the role of the church, is to bring people to Christ and intercede in a way that miracles would be performed. Miracles are to be a part of the church today in this century. Miracles that were just as authentic today as they were in the Bible. And God works miracles in my life. I talk to God all the time. You know, some people are amazed. They said, Paul prayed without ceasing. How could you do that? He was a tent maker, folks. He was making tents for his living. That's how, that's how he made his living. He made tents, the Bible said. That means while he was cutting out the patterns and sewing the seams, he was praying. I can make that claim that I pray almost without ceasing because if somebody is not with me, I'm talking to the Lord constantly about the smallest things and the biggest things. And I take so many things to the Lord, and the Lord answers those prayers miraculously, shockingly. People show up and meet my need regardless of what it is, and they don't even know that they're being used of God. And God is a miracle-working God in my life. And I believe that miracles happen all the time. I read with interest just recently about a burn victim. You know, we have the number one burn center in the world right here. They bring it from all over to, to, to uh, Samsey, to all over the world here because we have the best burn. And I read about a soldier that had been brought here, and he had 90% burn on 90% of his body and not much chances of surviving. And he was in the hospital here for several months. But his testimony was that there was a man that would come to him every day and minister to him. And they that were around him denied that, said there was no man. I related to that story because 10 years ago, I was in a terrible accident. Life flighted into Bamsey, not expected to live on a Friday. 
The doctors told Pastor Becky I wouldn't be here come Monday, but Monday I was still here. And I was in that hospital, and so many of you prayed, this church prayed. And I think some of the, the, some of the greatest miracles that, are, that I've ever seen or acknowledged are, are not a miracle, but the greatest thing that was ever done. In Alexandria, Louisiana, they have a phenomenal church pastored by my friend Anthony Mangan. They stopped that service and called my name, a couple thousand people there. We don't often do that in these bigger churches, stop a service. At Life Tabernacle in Houston, Texas, they stopped the service and called my name. And when I think about that today, it still brings tears to my eyes that somebody cared. Somebody cared. But I related to what the man in the burn center was talking about. Because when I got out of the hospital, I shared with Becky something that happened. And they told me that I was not to walk for I forgot how long. But I told Becky, there was a man that came to me every morning. And it'd be in the wee hours of the morning, three or four o'clock in the morning, when the hospital was at its quietest. And that man would minister to me. He would actually get me up on my feet and put his arm around me. And he was a small man. He told me that he was a military man. But when I told Becky about it, she said, we never saw such a man. When I told my doctor about it, he said, there was no such man. But ladies and gentlemen, there was such a man. There was such a man. I'm telling you that God still works miracles, that angels still appear. Last Sunday, I stopped the service and requested prayer for, I guess that would be our grandnephew, it's uh, Becky's sister's grandbaby. They have no grandchildren. And so a little baby named Barrett was born, but he was born with non-functioning lungs. And so we stopped this service, and we called his name last Sunday. And I had you all to stand and pray. Well, my brother-in-law called me, pastors in Ohio. He called me, and he said, the most amazing thing happened, Steve. The most amazing thing happened. He said they took that baby from its mother and rushed it to the children's hospital in Columbus, Ohio. And they put that baby and said suddenly out of nowhere, a nurse appeared. And that nurse said, I'm very experienced with these kind of cases. If everybody will stand back, I'll give you your orders. And said so that nurse told him exactly what to do, how to care for that baby. And within just a few hours, those non-functioning lungs were 100%. 100%. And Gary said, you're not going to believe this, Steve. But when they tried to track that nurse, they couldn't find the nurse. Nobody knew her name. Nobody saw her again. They don't know who she was or where she came from. I said, let me share my story because the same thing happened to me. Ladies and gentlemen, I tell you, there is a miraculous God that we serve. And he's in this building right now. And the Bible said he will give angels charge over you. 
And those angels are all around you right now. And the problem is we are assailed by skeptics and cynics and secularists that say those days probably never happened. And if they happen, they don't happen anymore. They're all lying. The truth is that God is ever-present, that God is in this room today, that there is a miraculous God that we serve. And Jesus Christ has got a purpose, and that purpose is to have a harvest of souls, and the gospel is being preached. It's preached, been preached around the world for hundreds of years now, and it's been effectual to some degree, but not as effective as the Lord wants it. And so before Christ comes, with the war that has happened in Israel, with the end time winding down, there is going to be a revival in God's church, and it it is going to be a revival of miracles. Why? To confirm the gospel that we neglect not this great gospel. And so God is eager to work a miracle in your life because most of you in this building today that have a need in your life also have people that are watching you and they watch you come to church and they question why you come to church and they watch you give and they watch you live your life but you haven't quite convinced them yet. But one bona fide miracle in your life is all that they need to bring them over the edge. And so I want you this day and this week to begin to realize what your greatest need is and begin to present it to the Lord. Begin to present it to the Lord. Just as God stopped this man's, uh, unstopped this man's deaf ears, God will do it for you. He is the same. Just as he loosened the tongue you see, it's very difficult when you can't hear and you can't speak to embrace the gospel and the words of Jesus Christ. That's the reason why we need the church. All of you have got friends and family that are deaf. They can't hear the gospel. They don't speak the promises you speak. It's up to you to get them to the house of God and to intercede in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ that miracles were happen in their life. Another miracle story I love in the Bible is the story of Bartimaeus. Bartimaeus was there, and he was blind. He could not see. He's known as blind Bartimaeus. He sat by the road, and when he heard that Jesus Christ was coming, he began to call on him, Son of David, have mercy on me. You see, the first miracle I talked about the man that was deaf, that was done because of the church. Those people represent the church. The story of blind Bartimaeus is exactly the opposite because he began to cry out for a miracle and those disciples around him said, do not cry out, shut up, don't make a scene. I want to tell you that sometimes the church is the catalyst for the miracle, and sometimes the church is the one that causes the miracle not to happen because we want to be decent and in order, and we want things to go on as programmed. But he said, Son of David, have mercy. They said, be quiet. And the Bible said, he even got louder. Friend, it's time for you to get louder for your need, louder for your miracle. And so the Bible said that Jesus said, Bartimaeus, do you have any idea what Bartimaeus means? It has two meanings. In the Hebrew, Bartimaeus means 
son of trash. Son of trash. And so that's what the disciples thought. This man is a son of trash. He's nobody. He's disgusting. He's filthy. He's a beggar. He's wrapped up in beggar's clothes. He's a man that is blind. He can't see. He has no value to this side, to this society. That's what it meant, son of trash. But it only means that in the Hebrew. In the Greek, the same word, Bartimaeus. Bar means son. Bartimaeus in the Greek means son of favor. It's exactly opposite. When Jesus Christ came walking up on that road, everybody saw him as the son of trash because it was under the law. But Jesus Christ came to bring grace and mercy and healing. And no longer is he the son of trash, but praise God, he is the son of favor. And when Jesus cried out in the Greek, Bartimaeus, he was saying, this is the son of favor. Don't you dare tell him to shut up. There are people today that will tell you that Jesus doesn't work miracles, but yes, he does. You're not the son of trash. Jesus Christ has died on the cross to make you the son of favor and the number one thing that he wants to do is bring the gospel to your life and the second thing he wants to do is work miracles that will confirm that gospel that all will know that you are the son of favor that you have been transformed you have been changed it doesn't matter where you came from it only matters who you are and where you're going today friend I'm telling you that Jesus Christ is not trying to ignore your problem. He wants to isolate your problem and he wants to perform a surgery on it that it will be an example for what the gospel does. This is a glorious gospel. There are people within the sound of my voice today. You've got pains in your body. You've got sicknesses in your body. You've got problems in your life. You've got needs in your family. And you say, I just don't know what to do. Remember, Remember God's three guarantees. He said, I will be in their midst uh, and I will inhabit your praise. And when the devil comes in like a flood, uh, I'll raise up a standard against that God is in this room right now. And he's saying to somebody that's got a doctor's diagnosis uh, that you'll never be any better off than you are right now. He said, I am the great physician. I overrule that doctor. Uh, I come in as the top surgeon and I say, I'm going to work a miracle in your body today. I am your healer. The marriage counselor said the best thing you can do is get a divorce. Uh, that's what the marriage counselor said. But God said, I am the mighty counselor. I am the mighty counselor. I can put that marriage back together in Jesus' name. Praise God. Years ago in the 80s, when we were in the building next door, the finances were so terrible so terrible that I was advised by bankers and lawyers of both file bankruptcy. 
but it's been over a year or two ago that bankers stood in my office and said, Pastor Fender, we want your business and we'll do whatever it gets, whatever it takes to get it. And now I can call up that bank and I have got unlimited finances at my fingertips that they will do anything we ask them to do. Why? Because we trusted God. We did not give in. We did not give up. We stood tall. And like Becky said, the blackest moment, the darkest moment, the most troubling moment, that's the moment your breakthrough is going to happen. And somebody in this building today is going to receive a mighty miracle. Would you just close your eyes, lift your hands, and tell Jesus Christ what you need today in Jesus' name. God is here, and He is more than able. He is more than able. When I read the first story that I shared with you, the Bible said, and all the people glorified Him because the fact that He could unstop the deaf ear and loose the tongue. Friend, when you get your miracle, it is going to cause people to glorify God. They're going to see the hand of the Lord in your life. The hand of the Lord in your life. I've shared with you of being in Chicago, Illinois, and a man, a young man that was somewhat, somewhat mentally challenged. He, he was a young man, brought a guy in a wheelchair to that service. And before I could ever preach, the Holy Spirit began to move. And he, run, and he, he brought that man in that wheelchair right down in front of me. And I remember asking the man, would you like to be saved? And the guy said, I don't care about that. I said, do you want to get baptized? Repent, come to the Lord today. He said, I don't care about that. He said, I came because this boy told me that God works miracles and God would heal me. And he said, I haven't been able to lift myself out of this wheelchair and take one step in over 12 years. He said, do you believe what this boy said or not? And I said, we believe it. I took the cap off of an olive bottle of oil and anointed him and put that oil on his head and said, in the name of Jesus Christ, rise up and walk. He looked up to me just as nonchalant. He said, what do I do now, preacher? I said, you stand up and you walk down that aisle. Friend, he had never been to a full gospel church in his life. He didn't know what was supposed to transpire. But when I said that, he did exactly what I said. He stood up and walked down that aisle. And he came back and he said to me, he stood there in front of me after being crippled for 12 years. He said, now what were you saying about being saved? I led him to the Lord right there. I baptized him. He came up out of the water. God filled him with the power of the Holy Spirit. In that church in Chicago, in the Chicago area, the next Sunday, the next night, we couldn't get the people in the building from one distinct miracle. Ladies and gentlemen, God is beseeching you to believe him for the supernatural. There are angels all around you. The hand of the Lord is stretched toward you. God wants to perform a miracle in your life that will shock your enemies and bless your friends. Uh, God's in this house right now. He's walking up and down these aisles and just like he was saying, will thou be made whole? Will you be made whole? Will you be made whole? Somebody in this building needs to say, yes, 
Lord, it is I. I will be made whole today. I will be changed today. I will be transformed today. My miracle is going to manifest today. No more sickness. No more disease. No more death. God, you're going to turn around in the name of the Lord Jesus. Give God some praise. Holy Ghost, have your way in this room right now. In the name of Jesus Christ, Lord, spotlight that individual and let their faith come to the surface and God work the miracle in their body, in their minds, in their life, in their spirit right now. God is more than able in Jesus' name. Father, Lord Jesus, help our unbelief and let us trust you in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. It just takes one person believing God. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. We have our greatest successes with miracles, with people that are not very familiar with the church but they just hear the gospel message. They hear the power of God, and suddenly they believe. In Peoria, Illinois, a woman stood in front of me totally deaf, and when I laid my hands on her on that February cold, snow-filled night, she fell on the floor, and she went down, this deaf woman, both fingers in her. She wasn't a church woman. She'd never been there before. She lay there like she was dead. And finally she got the sweetest smile on her face. And she looked up and said, my ears have just been unstopped. <laughs> Revival broke out in that town, Peoria, Illinois. Ladies and gentlemen, because one person believed the word of God. I tell you, the miracle worker is still alive. His name is Jesus. He has not changed. He has not diminished. He's not lost power. He has not changed his plan. He wants the whole world to know the whole gospel. And he said, some people will not hear just by the reading of the word. Some people are going to have to see a miracle in you. Some of you have got a wife, a husband, children, friends family that have not come to Christ, but they will if you will allow Christ to perform a miracle in you. He will confirm the neglected gospel through your miracle, and he's here to do that in the name of Jesus. I'm believing God's going to work miracles. When I touch you today, God's going to work miracles. God's going to work miracles. People are going to be healed. People are going to be changed. Things are going to be changed in your marriage, in your family, on your job, in your life, in your bank account. God is more than able. Hallelujah, hallelujah. We've told you three weeks now about a family that received a $300,000 miracle. Praise God that come to this church regularly. And just like that one phone call, the, the man said, we just gave you the stock. It's worth 300 and some thousand. Say, why do you keep talking about that? So you'll believe it and it'll happen to you. It'll happen to you. God can change your finance. God can change your situation. God can change your family. God can change your body. He has not changed. His arm is not short. He's the God that was, is, and forever will be. And he's in this room today. 